0: Hey, uh, whew, for real, I could not sleep last night. I was um, super restless all night long. I kept waking up. I have this like sleep monitor thing that I use on my phone that tells me like how good my sleep was, And it looks like a heart rate thing. Like it's, it was absolutely crazy. And I kept having nightmares about all my insecurities. Like all these things in my life that I was super insecure of. Like I woke up this morning and, and, and my, my wife was walking around the house and I didn't want to like tell her all the things I had nightmares about because I thought she would worry about me like it was that kind of night it was really bad and I, it's been 14 years I've been working in college ministry and I'm super nervous <laughs> I'm super nervous for tonight and I think that's that that's what was going on truly this morning I uh asked a couple of really dear friends of mine to pray for me and to pray for you because um, I was so overwhelmed with a lot of this. And I think what I was overwhelmed about and, and is the fact that I don't actually know a lot of you in the room right now, probably. Um, and I didn't know that you specifically, all of you would be here and who would be here. Um, I, I didn't even know like, like who I would be tonight. Like I'm gonna be me, but, but like I want to I impress you and I want you to like me and I want you to like this place. But, but I know that that's not, you know, what I wanna bring forward. Like I actually want that to die. And I just wanna be honest with you. You know, uh, And I was like, Lord, please, please, can you rise up over that stuff and just let me be, be honest. This ministry has always been a place where we champion, always, it's been a place where we champion vulnerability and honesty and mystery and hard questions. And all day I've been wrestling with, like, am I going to open up to a bunch of people I don't even know? Like, some of you I know really well, but a lot of you I don't know at all. And you don't know me. And who's this strange guy talking in front of a bunch of college students? And... Um, And what would I tell you about this ministry, this place that has captured my heart? What am I going to tell you about Jesus, who's captured my heart infinitely more? (laughs) I don't know who among you will share life with me beyond this night. Some of you may be here one time, you never come back. I know that if we do share life together in the context of this community, I know we'll be changed. I know that. And I think maybe some of why I couldn't sleep is because I was nervous about that. I I don't know specifically what God has in store for us. But I know it'll be immeasurably more than anything we could ever ask or imagine. I know that. I just know, I know that this adventure that sits out before us this year, I I can't foresee everything that's coming. I know that this is just the beginning. I, I still remember walking into a room like this for the very first time. Um, I'd been to some church services with my friends growing up. Been to a couple of those. Went to a couple with my family. Um, I participated in a ministry called Young Life for a year in high school. Um, It was a fantastic ministry. Uh, My my grandparents were Christians. I always knew that, like, they bought me a Bible, and when I went over to their house, I wasn't allowed to cuss, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I wasn't very familiar, though, with, like, church stuff at all. I didn't know what the word denomination meant, I didn't know that there was a difference between a Catholic church and a Baptist church. I didn't know why Jesus had to die on the cross. I couldn't understand why people would wear like a crucifix and celebrate uh, an execution device. Like I didn't understand that. Um, And so I walked into a a room like this my very first year of college. A friend brought me, it was a guy who graduated a year before me at my high school. He said, you should come to me with this, this thing. Uh, and I walked in the room, and pretty quickly, in the crowd of people, he went one way, and I went the other, and I couldn't find him the rest of the night, and and so I I sat behind this whole row of, like, really pretty sorority girls all by myself, and I felt, like, super insecure, (laughs) Uh, and, and everyone started, like, raising their hands and singing these, like, great, like, loud songs that I'd never heard before, and they were really excited, and I didn't doubt any of their excitement. I just didn't know why they were so excited. To sing songs about like blood and stuff. Like it just I, it was just I truly, genuinely, I don't think I was trying to be super cynical. I, I just was pretty new in that environment and I was pretty alone uh there. Um and, and, and what happened was was um well well and and by the way, if you're feeling that way, I'm really sorry. I hate that feeling. <laughs> if you're like by yourself here and your friend ditched you, shame on them. Uh and uh and if you're sitting um if you're a guy sitting behind a bunch of sorority girls, ask somebody out. So um, <laughs> Uh, I couldn't tell you much specific from the teaching that night I, I don't remember specifically what was taught on but I remember thinking that the guy who was preaching up front that he knew some things about me and he knew some things about God and I had questions about both I never met this guy. I never heard of him before. I just knew that he knew some stuff. And so as soon as the service was over, I walked from the back of the room all the way up front. And there's this line of people. I, I'm from Seattle and in Seattle, a lot of people like to ask questions. And so every time a sermon was over, there'd be a line of people asking challenging questions. I would love that. That's actually never happened in my 12 years at the house. So, uh, but I, I'd love that. Uh, you guys can ask questions. Hopefully I can convince you of some of that tonight. But anyway, I walked up and waited in line and I got up to the front. I said, hey, my name's Jason. I'm brand new here. Um, I'd love to Get involved, and he said, "Awesome, let me introduce you to Josh." And I was like, "What? I don't know Josh. I don't care about Josh. Like, you're the guy who spoke. I don't want to talk to Josh." Uh, like, I was I was actually pretty pissed. Uh, and uh, um, and so he passed me off to this guy, Josh, and whatever. And, and if I do the same thing to you, I'm actually only sort of sorry. Um, because Josh, who's an intern at that ministry, um, he loved and cared for me really well for my freshman year of college, and he helped me kind of get my feet under me and made me feel like I could actually find my way in a Christian community that was super strange, and I didn't know yet what I believed. He sort of found out that the reason I walked up front and said I want to get involved is because I, I, I was this kind of person. I felt like the only way I'm going to find out the real story is to get behind the scenes, you know, kind of thing. Uh, And I wasn't actually like, this ministry's awesome. I was like, I don't know about this place. I'm gonna go get involved, you know, sort of thing and find out how this guy had his like secret information about me, you know, kind of stuff. Anyway, that was my sort of experience. And and I had no clue. Well, actually, I should say this. The guy that was actually speaking up front, he and I still connect every year after 20 years. Actually, uh, Josh just liked a photo of mine on Facebook. I haven't talked to him in a decade. I probably should tell him, that I talked about him tonight, he probably liked that. Uh, I haven't talked to him since probably freshman year of college. Now you know, but, uh, but anyway, what I didn't know that it was that that night was going to, was was the the beginning of a massive adventure that would change the very fabric of my life. I had no idea that that was what was happening. And I want you to know, I tell you some of that. I want you to know that just as many of you have been nervous for a new school year or or, or your first time in college, and you've been wondering probably what this year might hold. Like, I've been in that same boat, and, and not just 18 years ago. Like, in a way, I have that same feeling today, like tonight. And I am deeply honored. I don't know what to do other than just tell you that. I am so honored that you would share this night with us. I know that, that this is a time and a culture where most of you are invited to a million things in lots of different social media things, whatever. That wasn't my experience in college. Like if my roommate didn't tell me something was going on, I didn't think anything was happening in a two million person city. Uh, We didn't have, well, all sorts of the devices you guys have. Um, And and so I know that like my time in college, if somebody said we're doing something tonight, I'd have been like, sweet, something's happening. For you all, you have to say no to like a lot of things probably to be at something like this. And so I, I'm deeply honored by your choice to be here, and I hope I, hope I respect that. Anyway, um, I, I'm Jason. Uh, I'm a pastor here at the house, and uh, it is, it's one of the—truly, um, tr- it's one of the, the deepest joys of my life um, to get to share life with you through college. Um, I know that during the first few weeks of school, you're hearing a whole heck of a lot of stuff, And on top of that, I know that many people in this room right now, just because it's the first week of school, people like to tell me this stuff. Like, hey, man, I'm just trying you guys out for a couple weeks. I'm like, sweet. You know, like, awesome. Try us out. Uh, I don't know what to do with that. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say, like, stay um, or see you later. I don't know. Hang out. I don't know. Whatever. But this whole sermon tonight is actually kind of for you guys uh, who are trying to figure out where to belong, and what to be a part of. Um, and I know that that's a massive question that a lot of people ask, especially at the beginning of seasons. How do I want to invest my time? What am I going to commit to? I only have one life. I only have this, I'm never gonna get this day back. I'm never gonna get this season back. I'm never gonna get freshman year back. You guys are all just like, mm. uh, uh. But like, but how do I make a decision that is wise and, and helpful, um, and I'm hoping to honor that um, I'm hoping to honor that tonight with, with what we get to talk about. So um, so what I want to do is tell you what I really hope for you if you get involved in the house. If you participate in this community, what do I expect? And, and I want uh, to be really upfront with you about who we are so that you can decide if this is a community that you uh, for you to be known and to know Jesus in. And I think that's probably the, Kirsten said this earlier, I think it's probably the best way to describe this community. Imagine, and, and I'm, please actually do. Like, try to imagine for just a second. Imagine what it would look like to be known and to know Jesus. Imagine that. That's what, that's what we imagine on staff. That's what we imagine on leadership, and that's what I'm pulling for. I want you to be known, and I want you to know Jesus. If you want to be known, if you want to take risks in vulnerability and let others into the mess and beauty of your life, here you will find people to champion that. If you want to know Jesus, if you want to know more than just about Jesus, if you long for what you've heard is true to become real for once, this is a great community for that. Be known. Know Jesus. What this means is that this ministry is not primarily about worship services on Tuesday nights. It's not primarily about mission trips or retreats or residence houses or the social space downstairs, which we call the hub, or core groups. Belonging to this ministry, to this community, sharing life together, doesn't primarily mean participating in any of those things. It doesn't mean less than that. It just means more. Belonging to this community means sharing a common desire and work to be known and to know Jesus together. Let me say that again. Belonging to this community means sharing a common desire and work to be known and know Jesus together. All the stuff that we do in this ministry, it just explores doing that in different ways. That's all. I don't even know if we do all this stuff well. I just know what we're about. Be known and know Jesus. And, and if, you, if you have a vision for what that is, it's a real beautiful mess. Because it, it's not clean, it's not simple, it's not easy. But I know that there are people in this room and there are people for more than 20 years in the life of this ministry that long for a community where that can happen while they're in college, and that's here. Let's pray so we can start talking about Bible stuff. Come on. Um, I mean it this time. Uh, Father, oh, would you help welcome people into your kingdom? Um, Those of us who are, who are, are in your family, would you invite us in even deeper? Maybe believe the kinds of stuff that we're singing, that we are children of God, and what does it mean that you are for us? I ask that your spirit be at work um, in all of our hearts, um, helping us to believe your word and to hope for things that, that seem hopeless sometimes, like being known or actually knowing God and not just knowing about him. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be faithful and pleasing to you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen semester on Tuesday nights, we're going to be looking at the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Uh, I have never taught on Daniel, um, and I'm guessing that less than like three people in this room um, have ever heard a sermon out of anything after Daniel chapter 7, I'm guessing. So it's going to be interesting. Um, In the next few weeks, just to give you kind of a a sense of where this is going, um, we're going to be looking at what it's like to know God and to follow him in a culture that isn't a safe little Christian community. You could think like public university or something. And later in the semester during election season in the United States, we're gonna look at some crazy visions and dreams of Daniel to discover what we can hope for when the culture we live in doesn't look just exactly like we'd want it to look. I don't really know what's coming. I honestly, uh, truly friends, like I honestly wanna squirm out of anything even remotely dealing with politics because I, 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 well, Truly, it's just nasty right now. And I also just, I honestly don't know what God's gonna have to teach us. It may be hard. It will likely be really challenging. For many of you in college, I bet you one of the things you might like about a school year is that you can just ignore politics even right now and just get back into the excitement of school year or something like this, you know? Like, I wanna squirm out of that conversation, okay? Uh, But I, I actually trust that it'll be good for us and for the world and for the kingdom of God for us to explore the wisdom from the scriptures of what he might have to say about being faithful to Jesus in the midst of a season that's coming in November. And I trust that we will find that we are known by God and that we come to know Jesus more through it. I really do. So I want to encourage you to check out Daniel and read it a lot over the course of the semester. It also might help if you don't read it alone. Um, It's 12 chapters of some crazy stuff. It's right after a couple of really big books in the Old Testament, if that's helpful. Um, There's probably a table of contents somewhere. If you read about the visions and dreams and you're confused by them, welcome to the party. Um, If you read about the lion's den or the fiery pit and you think that just sounds absolutely crazy, right? Um, If you want, but if you want to live life, and this is is it for me, if you wanna live life alongside us here, we just don't dodge things like that. Truly, like, I just don't want to dodge things. This culture in this community at the house is not one that has typically or historically dodged or shied away from those kinds of things. Something sounds crazy. Something sounds impossible. Like, you being known and knowing God, when you don't even know who you are yet, you know, kind of thing. Great. That's a perfect reason to get together at the house. Uh, like, that's just the kind of stuff we champion and the kinds of places we're going. So um, I'm actually really, really excited to get to preach out of Daniel. I'll say a little more about that later, but um, I'm actually tonight not going to teach out of Daniel um, because tonight my heart is actually set on all of you in the room who are trying to find a place. And so I wanna ask everybody in the room that already has a home here, You guys gathering up for prayer beforehand, which by the way, we meet for prayer at 7.30 uh, before the house just to pray for the night. And all of you are invited to join us any week to to pray over the night. Um, uh, But you student interns, people in residence house, like those of you guys who are already involved in this ministry, um, I I wanna ask that you pray even now as I talk that we would welcome the stranger just as Christ has welcomed us. And that we would open our hearts and our lives with the hospitality of our great King who has been so hospitable for us, and that his kingdom would come and his will would be done by bringing more sons and daughters to glory and having a share in fellowship together. So tonight, what I want to talk about just briefly is one day, a couple thousand years ago, when Jesus was teaching in the synagogue in the town of Capernaum. I don't know what you think of Jesus' teaching. Like when I say Jesus taught, I'm not sure what stories come to mind for you or what you think of his tone of voice, or his demeanor, or his character, whether he seemed kind or, or crazy, or, or I don't know what you think. But this was intense. He was telling the crowds who incidentally in the synagogue all would have professed a belief in God. This was like in a, in a Jewish synagogue, right? This wasn't, uh, atheism is actually sort of a, a relatively modern, um, Group, but, but there was a, a uh, these were all people that sort of professed a belief in, in the Jewish God, Yahweh, right? That Jesus believed in as well. Um, and so he was standing in the synagogue preaching and teaching, and he was preaching that he, Jesus, came down from heaven. He said, I come down from heaven. <laughs> over and over again, he was telling them who he was in this like very emphatic, egocentric, borderline heretical way. He kept saying, I am I am, I am, I am. And if you've grown up in a church and you've heard like seven beautiful I am statements of Jesus or whatever, that might sound sweet to you. Like maybe you got a little poster on your wall that says, I'm the bread of life, and it's like a nice little loaf of bread, or I don't know, something like this, right? But can you imagine me sauntering? I don't even know what sauntering looks like, but I come up front and, and I. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I come up front. I don't know uh, where that came from. Um, but I come up front and I start talking and you've never met me before. Maybe maybe you have and I start telling you I came down from heaven. And I start saying things like I am, I am, I am, I am. And the whole sort of point of the sermon tonight is me talking about me the whole entire time as if the most important thing that you need to know is who I am. If you heard somebody do that, how would you feel? What would you think if most of this sermon that I'm preaching right now was that stuff about me? I I wonder what you would do. I wonder what you would think. And Jesus doesn't stop doing just that, okay? He goes on, actually, to say even more intense things about how his— he talks about his body as food and his blood as drink. Okay, so intense was this teaching that you would be really hard-pressed to find any commentary that doesn't actually mention the word cannibalism as they're talking about this whole thing, like how strange this conversation would have been for people to hear Jesus. And in case you're wondering, I don't think that there's like a college ministry manual out there that suggests sort of using the word cannibalism in the first sermon on the school year. But um, anyway, uh, it was super intense when Jesus was talking. And in saying these kinds of things in the synagogue, he was saying these things in such a strong way that people were making radical decisions about him in that moment. And that's where I want to pick up the text that we're going to look at tonight from John chapter 6. So John 666. After this and that's after Jesus said these things in the synagogue and responded a little bit, after after this many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Now, this is the greatest teacher who's ever lived. This is a man who claimed to come down from heaven, did miracles in front of many, is attested to by many sources as having literally raised from the dead. Like, I mean, if he is who he says he is, and he is, he has perfect mastery over words. The text right before what we're reading in John chapter six, even even John sort of acknowledges that Jesus even knew what was happening in the minds and hearts of these people around him. That's the kind of insight. So not only did he have perfect command over words, but he also knew what was going on in the people he was speaking to. How could Jesus let people walk away? In Jesus's teaching, you might think that he's supposed to be the super attractional guy and everybody should flock to him, but but his words were so harsh this day. He came down from heaven. It's all about him. You must eat his body and drink his blood. Super intense stuff. If you don't make it poetic, And you actually imagine hearing somebody say that for a minute. It's hard stuff. When they heard him say these things, they walked away. And the text literally says that they came, many of his disciples came out from under him, meaning they came out from under his leadership and never walked with him again. How do you think Jesus responded when this happened? By running after them? By saying, no, wait, you don't understand. Let me say it again. Here's what he did next. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? He literally, like, he says this stuff, masses take off. Like, can you imagine right now, I say something, please don't, it would be mean, but, but like if like 90% of you just got up right now and walked out of the room and there was like seven left and I stood here and instead of any sort of panic or anxiety or any like, why is everybody leaving? No, no, sit down, let me finish, like all that kind of stuff. Like, I just let them walk out of the room. And I looked at the seven of you who were left and I said, you gonna leave too? It's not an anxious question, Jesus asked. In the Greek, from what I understand, it could also be read like this. Y'all sure you wanna stay? In the Southern Greek. (laughs) Uh, It just just occurred to me, "Y'all's in there. Uh, uh, (laughs) whoops, uh, literal translation um, but, but, the, but the point here is um, and, and I, I want to get to other stories as we move throughout this semester of Jesus chasing after people and why he chases after people and runs after them why, why Jesus tells a story about a father in heaven who the moment the child who spurned him the moment the child who spurred him and took his inheritance and went and squandered it in another country the moment that child says I'm going to go back and see if i can be a slave in my father's house the father tears off for the horizon to meet him jesus actually has many sermons in luke 15 many parables in luke 15 just telling the story about him chasing after lost sheep this isn't that these are people who are don't want jesus they're hearing him and saying i don't want you jesus and similar to the luke 15 parable of the prodigal son the father lets the son go that's a great surprise in that text when the son says, give me my inheritance now, which in the culture meant, I wish you were dead. Give me everything you would give me after you die. You're dead to me now. And the father says, okay. And this is, we're seeing this happen in the life of Jesus here in this text. And he turns to his disciples and in almost a sort of confidence, uh, some commentators talk about it as a purification of the people who would begin his church. He turns to the ones closest to him, the twelve. says, you're going to leave me too? And Peter's response to Jesus in this moment is to me one of the most helpful lines in all the Bible. That's just a personal preference thing. Uh, The honesty and the humility and the desperation in his response is what I want to draw your attention to now in the next verse. You're going to leave me too. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Would you go to the next verse too? It's all sort of one sentence. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And if you want to just go back one, that'd be great on the slides. Now, Peter makes this great confession of faith here, right? Like we have come to, we've we believed and we've come to know that you are the Holy One of God. That's a tremendous statement of faith But notice that Peter doesn't first say when everybody gets up and leaves and there's 12 left and Jesus says, are you going to leave me too? Peter isn't like, dude, we're here. We are totally in. That's not the way he responds. He says, to whom shall we go? Like I keep looking around trying to find some other way. To whom shall we go like I've already tried the other options? I've asked, I've sought. No one else is offering what you're offering, but man, if they did. Someone who's easier for me to manage, someone who doesn't say such hard things, but no matter where I go, Jesus, there's nobody like you, and we've, we've, I believe and we've come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. These verses, friends, I think might capture the spirit of this ministry better than most other passages of the Bible. The family of people that I have come to know, uh, my first year here was 2005, and whether it's, uh, it's alumni still that serve on our board or donate to this ministry so that this ministry continues to happen for college students at UTC, or freshmen I continue to meet every single year, like this range of people over, over the 12 years I've been here at the house. Like when I think about the, the, the sort of um, motley crew of that large hodgepodge kind of community and what it is there, what's in common there, what I find is that this is a family of thirsty, desperate people making our way through a tremendous season of life, risking everything we have on the belief that Jesus is who he says he is. All of us here, everybody in this room, Everybody at the house has tried to find eternal life in so many other ways. Many of us in this room right now, in this very moment, are trying to find eternal life in someone or something other than Jesus. And if we come to him at all, we come to him like Peter, not in confidence and swagger of always like getting things right. Like, dude, I've been with you the whole time, Jesus. We don't come like that. This is a place where I think we can be honest and said, so "We come in humility. Like I've tried, I've tried everything else. Like I'm coming to Jesus because I've burned every other bridge, every other ship that I've uh, that I've been on is sunk, and now there's one left. And I'm like, this is my favorite ship, and that's it. You know, uh, and that, that's like that typifies to me the community. It Doesn't mean we all burn out in the same ways. It doesn't mean we all burn the same ships." I just know what I find here is this tremendous honesty among so many people who, who in being known and knowing Jesus come to be able to share about those stories. And we find a humility in the questions. We find a humility in, in, in the desperate nature of our clinging to Jesus. And so when Jesus turns to me and he says, Jason, are you going to leave me too? My honest answer is I keep thinking about it. <laughs> uh, I have left you so many times and will chase after false promises again, Lord, I know but still you receive me. And in your grace and your mercy, in your words and in your life, in what you have done and in who you are, you are the only source of eternal life. Like where else am I gonna go in this moment? And maybe it's just, maybe it's the grace of Jesus and just asking the question. Maybe it's when he asks it, I didn't even know that he was the only way until he asks it, and now I, I find that I am actually desperate. And without him, I've got nothing. I know that all over this campus, I know all over this world, you are actually hearing promises of abundant life and so many things. You may not word it just like that, but I actually encourage you to start paying attention. Who is promising you things? Who is giving you definitions of the good life? Who is saying, this is what you must do, this is who you must be? What are the images and personas, communities, status things? What are the things you run after? The world is full of these messages. And tonight, what I want you to know is that all we have to offer at the house is Jesus. It's all we have to offer. I can't promise you're gonna be cool. I can't promise you figure anything out. I can't promise that you're gonna belong to some super cool clique. Like, I, I, don't, you're not, I don't know if you're gonna get like a letterman's jacket. Like, I, like I, I don't know how all that stuff works. I just know Jesus. I also know we can offer you us. And that's, that's pretty much it. That's what this place kind of is. <laughs> I want you to know, I want, I want you to know him. I wanna know you and I want you to know me. And if you want that sort of thing, it's probably a great place for you, you know? I want to encourage you guys that are um, new to this community or haven't considered this kind of thing before, I really, really, really want to stress the importance of signing up for a chat session after tonight. Um, It's not for everyone. I know that some of you tonight don't actually want to be known or know Jesus. Uh, That's not sarcastic. I just know that that's not really, that may not be what you're looking for right now. One or both of those things. It's too messy. It's not like a four-point plan to evangelism or something like that for your roommate. I, I know that, okay? But, but if you do want some of the kinds of things that I'm talking about in the messiness and being known and being vulnerable in saying, where else am I gonna go? Which doesn't sound like we're the best because it's everything. We're a bunch of people who like tried everything and this is it. That's true. I mean, that's probably not the greatest sales pitch. It's just really honest, right? Like, uh, but but if you do want that kind of thing, if you want to be known and you want to know Jesus, and what I've discovered is nobody else is really promising that or like hoping for that or setting that up. There's a lot of things like it. There's imitations of it. There's a lot of places promising power or popularity or relevance or I, I don't know about all that. If you want what I'm talking about, I encourage you to sign up for a core group. It's crazy how often, and Kirsten said this earlier, we only do sign-ups for a couple weeks because we want people to get to know each other over a whole year. And every single year, people later in the year, are like I should have signed up, should have signed up. Look, if you have questions also, because I, I, I'm talking kind of big picture about, this. if you have questions about this ministry, who we are, why we do what we do from what we believe to why we sing songs So, what about that crazy stuff that Jesus said that you're not talking about? Like those kinds of things, rules about parking, whatever. Um, just ask. I'd like for you to ask that last one. Uh, uh, just ask. And we actually had a, a, like a two hour, pretty lively debate uh, amongst staff and student leaders uh, about how to make ourselves more accessible on a Tuesday night. Um, I'm, the only, I'm the only one that actually looks like I'm almost 40. Everybody else can be in college. Um, and, uh, and so we're trying to talk about it, and our prayer team has l- l- lanyards, like the things you wear around your neck, to say that, that they would be available for you every single night um, after the sermon, during, like, the last worship set to pray for you. They take prayer requests, pray for you throughout the week, that kind of thing. Um, and that sets them sort of aside. So if you see somebody with one of those that are on the prayer team. Um, but I didn't really want to wear T-shirts, because I was trying to think, like, 20 people wearing, like, a pink T-shirt that says, we'd love to help you is super creepy, and I would dodge... <laughs> Those people, if I were in a community like that, I'd be like, "Nope, I <laughs> uh, don't want your help. Um, and so I was trying to, we were trying to think about like the least lame thing possible. And we settled on uh, essentially live strong bracelets, 10 years too late. So, uh, so <laughs> what, what this looks like is you shouldn't see these around too much, but the whole, and actually, if you have a better idea that doesn't make me feel dumb, I'd love it. But, um, but, but the whole hope here is that there's like 20 some people in the room right now that are wearing these. And it's the only time they'll be worn except for by staff, maybe, or student. I don't know if people should want to wear them. Uh, so they may never be worn except for here. Um, um, but the, the hope is that, like, if you want to ask questions about anything going on here, you want to find somebody, uh, whatever, anybody wearing one of those should be able to answer your questions or, or point you to somebody who can. And they should be pretty easy to spot um, with 20 or so in the room, okay? Okay. Um, Look, I hope I've been somewhat helpful tonight. This is sort of a different kind of uh, talk for me. Uh, For those of you that have been around before, you know I mean this, that next week um, we're diving into the deep end with Daniel. So be ready. Uh, That might take a while. Um, uh, And I I, I truly am um, restless still uh, because I anticipate God doing great things over the course of this year as we hang on his words and his promise of eternal life. So my prayer, and I say this because I just want you guys who are new to know if this is a place for you or not. My prayer is that you're known, that you want to be known, and that you want to know Jesus, and that that happens. My hope is that we all get to discover that together. And look, if you don't want that now, um, come back when you do. Come back when you find that there is nowhere else and no one else who's offering what Jesus is offering. Uh, We actually have a tremendous amount of people who come their junior year uh, to the house, they came like once or twice their freshman year, and then they're like, I "Missed this." And I was like, "I never even knew you." like, "Yeah, I came twice. Thought it was dumb." Uh, coming back my senior year or junior year, uh, that happens quite a bit. Um, and, and and truly, like like Jesus's parable in Luke 15 of the father sort of tearing off on the horizon for the return of a son. Um, I want you to know for as long as you're in college, because at a certain point, it's just creepy at a college ministry if you're older and don't work here, hanging out. Uh, but, but for a long time while you're here, um, I don't know when that is, uh, we would love to welcome you and get to know you. Kirsten said this earlier, but we have a staff of seven. We have 17, I think. How many student interns do we have? 17 student interns. Um, a number of people in leadership positions. Like there's too many people involved in the life of this ministry for me and Kirsten and our interns to get to know everybody. But this ministry isn't about us, it's about being known and knowing Jesus, which actually happens a lot amongst you guys. And so if we can help that happen in any way, find us. There's many older students in this room that would love to take younger students under their wing and just talk to you about college, talk to you about what it means to find truth and, and who to trust in college and what it means to, to grow and, and mature at this time of life and to, 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 to leave college strong and ready to live like a son or daughter of God in the world. It's the kind of stuff we want for you here. I I hope, I hope that I've been really, really honest and helpful in giving you a picture of some of that, right? So um, if you want that kind of thing, this is a place for you. Um, We're gonna pray, um, and then we're gonna sing to our God, proclaiming truth about who we are and who he is. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, may you be good to fulfill your promises to us, May your spirit um, awaken a desire for a wonderful adventure in being known and knowing your son. May we believe it's possible for both of those things to happen. We ask, um, me and so many leaders in this room, ask for your anointing on, on everybody here who's new, that you would lead them well in the coming weeks that who they choose to spend time with and how they choose to invest their time would be wise and fruitful for um, a kind of abundant, flourishing life. And if we can do anything to serve them or love them well, uh, would you lead us to that? May this year be marked uh, by your glory and our good. And would you receive our praise now with joy. Tell us who we are. Tell us who you are and help us to believe it